brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. Obviously episode 8 where we'll be reviewing week 3 and previewing week 4. But before we get to all that, before I even introduce what we're going to do today, here he is, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It's, it's hello, hello, you? hello. A good week 3 if your team won and a not so good week 3, the opposite. Yeah. That's 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 fair to say. Um, so look, the format isn't changing. Um, and maybe it should, but uh, you tell us. So we'll kick things off. Just do a quick around the ground, kind of just the scores we kind of had out over the course of week three. Then obviously the main segment, as you, you should you should know at this stage, because you should be tuning in weekly, is five and goal. Your loss. Um, so it's kind of five. If you're not ten talking points from the week, and um, we discuss at nauseum. Some have said, um, but. Uh, Kind of add that bit of context for the listener. Um, and then we'll follow it up with the week four previews, followed by Punter on the Field, which I don't know if you want to tell them right now, may have been successful. Yeah, okay. We obviously didn't touch on it last week, I don't think, due to time restraints. But if you're tuning into the social media, the posts are going up there. Our safest houses, Aka, hit last week. And two of the three selections on the other one. So I'm actually at 75% of the of the bets I've given out have come through. Just, just the just non-runners are being distributed uh, evenly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're so all, we've almost say. broke even. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll just go with that. Yeah, we've almost broke even. But we'll make it. Pl- <laughs> He'll hope to make it plenty of money as the season goes on. Yeah. But I'm look, not a professional. Without much further. Yeah. Uh, please gamble responsibly and when the fun stops stop um, <laughs> much further ado I think we might kick things in we might get cracking on quickly just running through the ground so look Sasquatch stat and it's a biased one uh, Devante Smith had more receiving yards at 169 last week than Tyree Kill Justin Jefferson Chase Devante Adams and Michael Thomas combined so, to quickly run you through the scores, Thursday Night Football, obviously, Steelers 17, Browns 29, Saints 14, Panthers 22, Texans 20, Bears 23, Chiefs upset 17 mm. points to the Colts 20, Bills probably upset as well, 19 to the Dolphins 21, Lions 24, Vikings 28, Ravens 37, Patriots 26, Bengals 27, Jets 12, the Raiders, the misery continues in Las Vegas, obviously coming unstuck to the Titans, 24 points to 22. Eagles uh, in the Carson Wentz uh, 
comeback game. The Wish uh, overcoming the Commanders 24 points to 8. Jaguars 38, Chargers 10, Rams 20, Cardinals 12, Falcons 27, Seahawks 23. Potentially the last battle of Tom versus Aaron. Uh, Packers overcame the Buccaneers in that one 14 points to 12. 49ers Broncos 10 points to 11 probably the worst Sunday night football fixture of all time and obviously last night the Cowboys were victorious uh, undefeated in the Cooper Rush era I think it's been dubbed now 23 points to 16 <laughs> over potentially the worst 2-0 team in the probably is Dak in trouble I don't think we're talking about that later on we may as well get a, a word in here is Dak in trouble <laughs> job security um, do I think Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott on sample size no I'm no, not willing to, not, no. to but but you're looking at that franchise you're saying we have some bad contracts we need to move off does this Cooper Rush guy give us the potential to be competitive and I mean Lions competitive in a window to rebuild the franchise and that may be appealing to someone named Boomtime Jones. Yeah, look, I don't think I don't think he's better, but he looked good against the Gi- the Giants. The Giants made him look good at least. Um mm. he looked good against the Bengals yeah, too. Yeah, he did in fairness. Yeah, look, I don't think he's objectively a better quarterback, but as you say, they've got a few contracts they want to tidy up. Mm. And look, sample size, as we said, is very small. I think he's three and zero. That's right, yeah. Play a game last year as well. I think he beat so. the Vikings last year. Who were a hot mess with with Zimmer at the helm. Um, safe to say. So yeah, look, I suppose that's that's around the ground. Just kind of a quick recap of the fixtures uh, from last week. Next up, obviously, is the main segment: five and goal. Um, before we get to all that, just like to make quick reference to our affiliate sponsors, usasports.co.uk. And they're crazy if you want to click the link in the podcast because they've just finished off a, a launch discount code for the NFL, but they've also just announced for this week only a flash sale. Use discount code FLASH25 for 25% off all items. So, yeah, look, it's click the link in the podcast description make your way over to the page and just peruse you'll pick up something nice could be a beanie it's starting to get cold could be a hoodie none of the fans can't see but I do have my hood up owing to the changing climate in northeast mead um, but yeah definitely worth a quick such a salesman check. such a salesman the courage yeah, I know for a man man who doesn't sell anything <laughs> I, uh, I'm in the wrong field but yeah look five and go I might just kick it off if that's okay let's with yourself. get going Um first one to kind of whet the appetite I suppose we've gone big in Vegas for kind of very little return to date I know it's it's a difficult division and stuff like that but should we be very concerned that maybe given his history Josh McDaniels just isn't head coach material Uh, that's a tough one I see I'm not too familiar with his previous stint as a head coach very short um for me, if I'm looking at this season in isolation, I'd still be giving him the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, Derek Carr doesn't look like the same Derek Carr of the last two years. Um, their all line is is not as good. The continuity isn't there from last season. Devontae Adams still looks good. They 
each of their losses, you know, have been relatively close. Um, but that's it. That's a lot of those closes, close games. They come down to coaching. Like they absolutely should have held on against Arizona. That's the ultimate argument: is that a good coach wins games they should lose in tight tussles, and a bad coach loses games that arguably they should win in tight mm. tussles. And that's kind of the ultimate decider as to if it's a good head coach or if it's a bad head coach. And I just think, potentially, given the fact this was a playoff team last season, with a kind of caretaker coach as such, given the kind of up more up, up, uproar and turmoil that that franchise went through last year, you know, like they got smashed with effort impossible. You had the, the Gruden dismissal, you had the Henry Ruggs incident. There's another Jeez, player whose yeah. name escapes me, he was also sacked oh. on gun violations. Yeah. Name escapes me. But like they went through the ringer last year and still somehow they pulled themselves out of that division and they made the playoffs. I know they ultimately came unstuck against Cincy, but oh, I just think Josh McDaniels maybe just isn't like it is acceptable for me for people to say, I'm not a head coach. I'm a fantastic coordinator. And that's where I do my best work. And that, yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's just the case. I mean, like, he obviously went from a head coach back to being the OC for eight, eight, nine years. And obviously, mm. you know, kept doing a phenomenal job. So much so that he's, he's given that opportunity. He's given the benefit of the doubt and he gets a second chance. And most people don't get more than a second chance so this is it it just hasn't started off well for him yeah no, that's 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 very true um, again like we all of these points a lot of projection in them we have to see how things play out i can't make i couldn't even make a prediction of, of how i think their season's gonna look i think when we were talking about the previews and we were looking at a team's first five games and the rationale being you won't make the, the playoffs in the first five games, but you could miss out. Las Vegas are doing their bit to, to miss out on the players, the playoffs, particularly in that division with the Broncos 2-1. and one. The Chargers 1-2, and two, but again, that's they're playing with a, a hurt um, Justin Herbert and then the Chiefs 2-1. and one. It's going to be tough to come back yeah. from 0-3. Oh yeah, and then just, I suppose, for, for some conjecture for maybe fans that maybe kind of newer to the NFL so his previous kind of head coach since then came with the Denver Broncos uh, 2009 he finished with a record of 8-8 eight and eight, and they finished second in the AFC West but in 2010 after a 3-9 and nine start he was unceremoniously sacked and then obviously head to St. Louis where he was defensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach and then weaseled his way back in for his second stint in New England so I just, I don't know, from, from, from my level, I just think he kind of someone screams to me as maybe just been a good OC. Yeah, yeah, it might be the case. Yeah, yeah, happy to move on now. I think it, looking at the, the top, because it does seem to be a bit of a coaching carousel yeah, yeah. this week. We've got another bit of um, continuation here. Look no further than Jacksonville to see the difference that a coaching change can make. We looked at Urban Meyer, he, he was in Jacksonville for the first three quarters of the season won two games um, Jacksonville this season already have two games so Doug Peterson this is a wild stat Doug Peterson has won two games but in three weeks and he's already the 
tied for fifth in most wins off Jacksonville head coaches with Urban, with Urban Meyer. Um, That's wild. Yeah. Fifth after winning two games. I know it's a it's a yeah. a young franchise, but um, yeah, it's very true. And and a franchise that has struggled. Uh, mm. Do you know there is other young franchises that are probably and it look excelling at it. Did they did they come in around the same time as the Titans? Um, but the rebranded yeah. Titans obviously did move from. Yeah, look, it it speaks more to the youth of the franchise rather than you know. And I know they yeah. haven't been a stable franchise. I suppose it does just speaks more to the the recency of them. But even still, look, uh, Trevor Lawrence immediately he looks like a top. He's playing like a top ten quarterback uh, Jacksonville through the first three weeks if you like your advanced metrics they have uh, they rank in the top five in both they're the only team to do this to rank in the top five in both offensive and defensive DVOA so that's isolating it does it's trying to take into account um, the offenses and defenses they play they're one of the best teams on both sides of the ball mm. yeah like a I definitely agree with the sentiment that it shows the difference a change in coach, but I I go maybe a step further in that it's a change in coaching style. So, yeah, Doug Peterson was always kind of renowned for being a little bit risky, risque, um, and I suppose Urban Meyer, while he was definitely coming from the college game, and, and that's where he's he's made his crust is in the college game. He's he was slightly more defensive orientated when he did get to the the NFL and stuff and I think we get to it much later on in the segment but I think if you if you want to look at a perfect kind of analysis of it look at the Miami Dolphins last year under a good coach in Flores but a defensive orientated mm. coach and then look at them this season under an offensive minded and a risky coach I think the game has changed now where maybe the the adage of defense wins championships is probably not as true as it, as it once was um ultimately i think it still does but i think successful coaches are now i think yeah i think that more applies these days to the playoffs mm. whereas the regular season yeah. you've got to have a you know you're being assessed measured over 17 games now it's you can't just coast on offense you've got to be able to put up the points to match um mm. yeah look as you say it's a different style of coaching Urban Wire kicked kickers and Doug Peterson eats ice cream. That's very true. Uh, Urban Wire did other things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Plenty of other fair. things. I tell you, yeah. he would have suited um, working with Dan Snyder. Yeah, or he would have maybe been the perfect guy for Deshaun Watson, but we'll get to that later. To take a slightly darker tone. Yeah. Uh, that's... That, I'm I'm very hopeful about Jacksonville. Jacksonville are playing. Obviously, yeah, this will be a bit biased. The both of us being Eagles fans, but mm. I think that's going to be a great matchup. Yeah, um, definitely a lot better than maybe it looked in the preseason. Absolutely, yeah. um, and that's no disrespect to Doug Peterson. It's just on balance of what last year was for yeah. Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Big fan of Doug. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I forgive you, Doug. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. That's fair to say. Uh. Yeah. Happy to move on. Or yeah. More, There's not much yeah. to be said. It's it, things are looking up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for Jacksonville and and 
we kind of need it for Trevor Lawrence to be a success, for him to be the best prospect in college football history, potentially. Um, and not to live up to it, it it's, it's a lot. To it's a bit of a slight for the game. Yeah, so I suppose my next point was just obviously it kind of got last lost last week in kind of the Dolphins comeback yeah. victory, but Lamar Jackson's been lights out kind of since the start of the season. So I know they played the Jets week one, so maybe it's probably understated as well. But just how bad will the Ravens regret not re-signing Lamar Jackson this off season because? quarterback market goes one way one way yep I mean like Baltimore's always been a really well run organisation um, this is something that I would expect off I don't know Dallas um, oh wait it did happen in Dallas I just I would have expected a, a deal to be done now Now I'd say Lamar not having an agent has something to do with it um, that's Valid. Um, Do you reckon... Um, no, the one sorry, thing... One. I was just going to say the one thing that's probably... Like, the one thing that's probably benefited him um, in not having an agent is he's been fairly transparent and been like, look, if we don't get a deal done, I'm, I'm still going to play. I'm still not going to cause issues. Like, he's been very transparent mm. about that. Whereas maybe if he had been in, had an agent, you could have seen maybe a replication of, say, the Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, sure, um, yeah. They will... They'll... Which, not extort but they'll they'll pull moves to try and you know bargaining mm. chips or um yeah do you reckon he'll be the highest paid quarterback when he gets his contract he has to be he has to be i think he's also i think every year he it's it's just it's not a huge leap it's not the quantum leap that say uh Josh Allen took but i think every year he slowly gets better in the passing game so like all these fears about like what happens when he slows down, what happens when he kind of loses that yard of pace, akin to like a Michael Vick, like can he deliver still? And that, I suppose that it's always the fear with that style of running quarterback. But I think he's slowly getting better year by year by year by year. So like get him done now before his value skyrockets because he's I think he's brilliant. Yeah, same. He's brilliant. I'm gonna- MVP just in the last in 2019 so like he's he's in his prime I don't know what age is I think he's still quite young because remember when Joe Burrow came in I think he's only a year older than Joe Burrow if like he came into the league exceptionally young so I think he's I I know he's been around a while Um, obviously drafted in 2018 yeah he's 25 uh, 26 in January so he's been in the league a long time you obviously remember that kind of playoff start against the Chargers in season one it was kind of remember he was kind of thrown to the dogs yeah. and they won the game um, you kind of really showed glimpses Aaron Rodgers has been paid 50 million a year it, it mightn't sound like a lot to, to people oh what's an extra million or two million on top of that you're going to have to pay 50 million when it's an extra couple of million on top of that like that's two million that could be going somewhere else. I mean, like he's worth it. He's absolutely worth it. There's not another quarterback like him, um, or at least there might be some like him, but there's nobody on at his on his tier of what he does, unless you want to count Josh Allen. But he's a he's a more advanced passer. Mm-hmm. Um, it could end up costing the Ravens. I don't know. A couple. Of, we could see a fifty, 
52, 54 million a year contract. I don't think it's going to be 51 and just pip Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that often with, with more positional players like um, or positions like uh, linebacker or cornerback. Those contracts will just pip the previous high quarterback. There tends to be a bit more of a margin. Tends to be. Particularly when you're you're talking about a, a contract that could you know reset that market. This is the new highest. This is the new peak. So, mm-hmm. I don't know how high it'll go, but I would have tried to have gotten it done. Especially, like, ask yourself the question. Do you think this is the guy that can bring a Super Bowl to Baltimore? And I think, chances are, over the course of his career, he's a good show. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So why not just roll the dice? Because the alternative is kind of relatively bleak. Well, not relatively bleak, but you're at least four years of potential away from getting someone in who can get you to that level and then getting them to that level where they could potentially challenge. So I think just extend yeah. them. Extend them in the morning. I don't know. Can they, they probably can't extend them now until the end of the season. Right? No, I don't think there was an extension that he had to be extended um, or sorry a deadline that he had to be extended by opening day I think I'm not sure though because you do see extensions mid-season mm. yeah yeah I'll have to look into that look yeah look I suppose for the, for the Baltimore organisation get it done mm. and get it done ASAP don't overthink it just because he yeah because on top of that I can't see him working anywhere else I just he is Baltimore if that makes sense I've seen um, just New York fans talking about getting him I've seen um, Detroit Lion fans talking about him being there I'd much rather see him in Detroit than, than New York um, hmm. but yeah no I'm the, I'm the same He, I can't imagine him anywhere else hmm. yeah I suppose um, I alluded a little bit to Dan Snyder when I was talking about Meyer here here he gets another name drop no Washington head coach in the Dan Snyder era in Washington has had three straight losing seasons is there pressure on Ron Rivera and does he have too much on his plate as the head coach he's the GM over personnel he's responsible for bringing players in he also had a big part in the uh, in the Washington football team rebrand that's a lot for one man and I think I think a lot of people saw the move as bringing in this really sort of stable figurehead. Not necessarily a brilliant mind, but like a really calm and respected coach when when Washington probably thought there was going to be a bit of turbulence over, you know, PR. Absolutely. Um, I suppose heavily, heavily, heavily respected. Um obviously not just for his coaching but his playing days obviously he's a member of that famous 85 Chicago Bears team um, you throw him on top of the fact that almost certainly he's ex-military as well it's always a huge kind of win for the American public mm. cancer survivor yeah um, and then just always been kind of somebody told not told the line but was always very respectable um, well respected and then always kind of just brought a good defense as well, and I think when they looked at that young defensive core, obviously with, with Chase Young and stuff, they probably they probably said let's let's get a defensive mind in here and kind of hone in on what we've got. Absolutely. Now, 
well, uh, well, I take on board the points of three straight losing seasons. <laughs> Technically, year one, they made the playoffs. I'm right in saying that 2020, they finished with a losing record, but made the playoffs. Yeah, I believe that to be the case. I don't know if that um, books the trend. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that kind of maybe writes off that year one. Um, but yeah, they haven't looked fantastic. But then I, oh, I think there's more scope in them. I think they've, the roster is poor, and but I don't know how. I don't see trades, and kind of free agents you can pick up that are going to improve that roster. Not in the current landscape. Like maybe things change, and yeah, I think I think Chase Young being out injured again is. He's peaked it, right? He's their star. Um, look, Terry McLaurin is, is a fantastic wide receiver, but Chase Young is your guy, and he's there's still no set return date for him from injury, and it just it's it's, it's causing ructions for them. Yeah, I think their biggest strength on paper, you think of them, is that D line with them: Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, like like so potent. But they haven't been on the field together since probably um, Rivera's first year, two years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, they should be a lot better. Uh, last year, <clears throat> they were thought of having, or they it was thought they would have one of the top defenses. Just didn't gel. Um, didn't live up to expectations. Now, the offense has looked a little bit better through the first two games of this year. Curtis Samuel is having quite the effect now that he's on the field mm. uh, Terry McLaurin he has taken a bit of a back seat but you know that's that's the ebb and flow of, of having Curtis Samuel as another uh, you know potential wide receiver one spread spread the produ- spread yeah. the workload increase yeah, the absolutely. overall production that's the mantra um, the offensive line it's taken a bit of it well, the, the thing is right the O-line it's struggling now but last year in Indy they had a, an O-line struggling. And then before that, the year 2020 in Philly, his O-line struggled. Struggled with quotes I'm doing. Um, that's It's it's just a bit funny now. For the last three stops that Carson Wentz has been, it's the O-line that is, that's had problems. It, it's almost as if no matter how good your O-line is, it can only withstand a certain amount of time pressure. Yeah. It's... It's, it's it's almost as if that's maybe a, an issue here, and trying to play hero ball just doesn't work anymore. Um, that's it's wild, like, but it's 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 a theory that's floating around. Yeah, look, I'll I'll always have a soft spot for Wentz. Well, probably I'll always have a soft spot for him once he retires. Um, I just I'm I'm glad he's off the Eagles. I watched that game and he looked ex- like the exact same Carson Wentz uh, in Philly holding on to the ball for so long and I used to think God the O-line is trash Um, but he holds on to the ball for he tries to hold on to it for four or five seconds and if you listen to uh, American Amer- uh, f- football podcasts Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice notes that he'll often um once he sees a defender or a, an edge defender sort of swing past him behind him he just it, it's out of his mind he he assumes that player is just out of the picture and ends up more often than not backing into that defender as they circle around his pocket awareness is is so Terrible. so bad and i'm just i'm glad he's off the eagles because it was 
it was horrible. He'd have some really good stretches of play, and then you'd see him commit atrocious plays like that. Yeah. He'd, uh, yeah. No, it's um, it's something you you like. If he was a success in Washington, I'd probably think less of him. Um, because he's just been the same, I probably will maintain that soft spot for him. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with that. But I suppose to, to answer your, your question, it probably it's probably difficult for anyone to go in as a head coach into what is a bit of a mess in Washington. Um, the it was a tough job. Kind of, yeah. Like on on top of like kind of stadium issues, kind of maybe a disenfranchisement from the kind of local fan base. You can think of poor attendances. Um, kind of some worrying kind of leaked emails etc last season and then this whole rebrand thing and, and just how the roster structured it's a tough job have you uh, have you seen um, the two candidates for their new mascot no, I have it's not. Uh, it's just a cartoon dog or a cartoon pig it looks so they, so they probably should have gone with the red wolves or Whatever they were thinking of going for, instead of the commanders, was a bit of a strange yeah. name for me, now, to be fair. But look, it doesn't roll off the tongue. But uh, yeah, that's Washington. That's Washington for you. A uh, long way they stay that way. Uh, Pity in our division. Um, yes, but next up, what I had was look. Obviously, <coughs> we'd be remiss not to discuss the potential final game between uh, Brady and Rodgers and I suppose what I wanted to kind of ask and it's kind of more a longevity question um, if that is to be the last showdown between Brady and Rodgers ultimately why did it never give us the matchups it should have like we had the Brady Peyton matchups but we never really got that those classic matchups with Rodgers and Brady and arguably they're both in the league long enough to have had a few of them sure um. Yeah, well, obviously, looking at the the most recent meeting just on the weekend gone by, I think you could look at it and point and say there was no receivers for either team. Aaron Rodgers was working with the rookies. Mike Evans was out, suspended, and Chris Godwin, Julio Jones injured. Um, I suppose maybe the frequency of just how often they met just had something to do with it. You know, it's it. Tom Brady and Peyton when he was in Indy and in, in Denver, both in the AFC conference, I'd say logistics just has something to do with it. Um, mm. Now, obviously, the other side of it is that they just didn't give us the classics, you know, or like big shootouts or showstopper games. I don't know. I'm not, it's like, it seems to be a foregone conclusion that this is Brady's last year. Seems to be, yeah, especially, um, well, look, I suppose, like, maybe it won't, like, maybe he will turn around and go to 50, but it's age, it's the fact that he's already retired, um, yeah. it just, it screams final year. It does. He's already made his man in the arena, he's, like, he out, <laughs> he's out. Yeah, I it's. Think. And once, once you start talking about retirement, you're retired. And it's not stopped is is the problem it's not as if there was a bit of talk at the start then he came back there's been chatter since it's and it's not really going away it's it's just sustained chatter about his retirement i i would i bet that it's his last year i think he's getting a lot of pressure from 
herself. Yeah. Um, you know, and look, I'd be bold enough to probably say I'm not entirely so we see him finish out the season. No? Like, I could see him. Like, if things... If <clears throat> we get to kind of midway point, and they will because of the strength of the division, but if we were to get to the midway point in the season and the Buccaneers are kind of haven't really got a chance in the playoffs and they're, they're not really doing much, I could see him walking. He's He's... I wouldn't say selfish, but he's because he's not selfish, but he's the type of bloke saying, "No, I'm out." Like he just, he's, he's very happy to make a decision and stick with it, not stick with it, but you know. What yeah, I mean? oh, that obviously didn't apply to his uh, retirement, but, but yeah, no, no, I can see where you're coming from. I can. Headstrong, I think. Like he is unquestionably going to leave behind the greatest legacy of any player in the game. And yeah, that. That, that won't be tarnished by whatever happens this year in terms of on the field um, actions maybe in the short term but it'll soon be forgotten yeah yeah and actually we're gonna go on now gonna talk about possibly their biggest rival this year or at least it was thought to be going into the season the Saints offense is a problem how long until we see Andy Dalton replace Jameis? And what's the outlook with him starting? Do the Saints want these looming the, uh, suspensions ASAP? So we'll, we'll handle it in two, two sort of brief segments. Andy Dalton. Very loaded question. Um, what do you think? Would you start him now over four yeah. broken rib? Oh no, four broken vertebrae Jameis. Yeah, I would have started him to start the season. Okay. Um, like, like we cannot be shocked and appalled that, that James Winston is this. He's always been this. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like the safer bet is Andy Dalton, and then if Andy gets hurt, well, look, then you go to James or package plays. You bring in James because he's got that bigger arm than Andy. To be fair, but like, Andy's a boring quarterback, but he's reliable. James is the complete antithesis of Andy Dalton. He is wild, wacky, but he's exciting. He's much watched television for the neutral fan, but you hate to see him in your franchise's shirt. Like I, I don't know why the Saints are pushing. I know he like glimpses last year, but like it was glimpses in a very, very small sample size. Yeah, like let's let's not beat around the bush. It's like. You've brought in a new head coach, which we look. We've talked nice in this in like kind of preview episode. The Saints might be our most talked about team. Yeah, and I and I hate it. <laughs> um, like you brought in a new head coach. Like, let's make no bones about it. You are rebuilding. Like, what are you trying to do here? Like, just rock out with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, save what players you want to save. Start slowly rebuilding because they're in cap hell. Like, what are we doing here? I just, I, I can't understand the logic from the front office. Can't even understand why you take, would have taken this position as a head coach. Um, look, I suppose ultimately there's only 32 jobs, so someone's going to take it. But I can't understand why you, if you had a choice, you'd take this one. Yeah, 
there was a lot of optimism about the Saints at the start of the year, mostly from Saints fans, but I suppose a big surprise is their, their O-line. It's just not been good. And Jameis is a bit like Carson Wentz. He'll hold on to the ball to see one of his speedsters see if they're open down the field. He wants that big play. And he doesn't care whose hands it ends in. You know, one of his teammates or one of the defenders. It's going downfield. Whereas Dalton gives you, as you say, that's more boring. Get it out. Check it down. It's probably, I would have thought, the way to go. Particularly, we know that um, Jameis is dealing with those four fractured vertebrae. Yeah, it's... it's. You're also steering into your strengths. Because you've got the best slant runner in the game. And Michael Thomas. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, it plays to your strengths as well. And that's just kind of, like... Yeah, I, I, I don't get... Like, it's not like Drew Brees was a, was a gunslinger. No, he never had. Always questions over his depth. Yeah. And I don't know. I suppose the second point to this um, topic here do the Saints want these looming as, uh, suspensions ASAP? The reason behind it is <laughs> all right, uh, Alvin Kamara has a disciplinary hearing in, on the 29th, Thursday. For the Pro Bowl incident. For the Pro Bowl incident. Uh, Battery of a man. Is there any precedence for what that suspension is gonna be um i'd have to i'd have to go and have a look unless yeah i'm like if you want to look at um it's a little bit different kareem hunt there's 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 two reasons why that's different right or wrong um one is and it's sad that i say this but it's very true is that that video was leaked on tmz so it mm. was a black eye for the game and the league. So that definitely weighed in it, regardless of what Roger would tell you. Definitely did. And the second one, obviously, is domestic violence. It's it's, it's abuse of a woman. This was a, an altercation with a man. Um, to my knowledge, there's no video footage. There may be CCTV footage, but it hasn't made its way to the internet yet. Um, to my knowledge, anyway. Always willing to be correct. I think, I um, thought there was some clips floating around i think just the validity of whether it was you know that particular incident was called into question never confirmed yeah but like the cream hunt one is, oh that's it's yeah. in your face yeah 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 the ray rice one it's in your face like this is and i just think there's something about two men fighting um with alcohol in the mix well it was it was alvin and his posse his group of friends i think mm. so whether again that factors in you know his his role was diluted by being part of a group mm. or whether mm. you know he's incited a group of people to savage one person yeah you don't know mm. which way it's going to fall um yeah. so i mean like that could easily be just a four game suspension yeah that hearing is on thursday we should i will will obviously get no decision on this a suspension on thursday but we could see, uh, yeah, if it's it's a four game, we could see that in the latter half of the season. And the rationale behind the Saints mm. wanting this ASAP is if they don't rescue their season, they just want all of these suspensions worked through, obviously, before mm. next season. Marcus May, he or had a, a DUI. He has a, a court hearing in November, so we won't hear anything about that. It's his first DUI misdemeanor, so that's a three-game suspension, so... 
he's not going to miss too much playing time. Again, I'd say the Saints probably want that dealt with rather than rolling over into next year. Which is fair. I understand that. Um, no, maybe as Eagles fans, we probably want them dealt with this year. Look, um, look, there's a little bit of bias there, but I am, I'm trying to be objective here. Obviously, they don't want this to happen, these suspensions to happen, if they can turn their season around. They've got two tough games coming up. <clears throat> and they could be one and four. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. There's, their offense hasn't mm-hmm. showed anything with um, Jameis and the the O line. It's a disaster pairing, Jameis and that O line. <laughs> Jameis and football is a disaster pairing. Yeah, look, I suppose to, to answer your question, um, yeah, look, they probably won it all off. Regardless of what they're saying, I think internally, from a head office standpoint, probably like this season was a write-off um, the only reason they might not they, they might want to push the season is just how weak that division is There's, everyone in it's got a chance even the Buccaneers wouldn't fill you with confidence yeah so yeah um, but I suppose maybe moving on to maybe a franchise is probably in a better name mm. um, the LA Rams so obviously they've, they've gone two from two um, following the Bills debacle um, but Aaron Donald is the fastest defensive tackle to record 100 sacks. What else does he need to do to be considered the greatest defensive player of all time? Yeah, look, Aaron, uh, he's he's obviously an amazing defensive player. Was he defensive rookie of the year? He's won multiple back-to-back defensive player of the year. Mm. There's not too many more accolades that... um. Does it? Does a second Super Bowl seal it? There's a witch. Does a second Super Bowl seal it? I don't know. I think he should have been MVP in that Super Bowl. But mm. yeah, I guess I guess that's probably one of the last accolades he's he's hunting for. Um, you're not going to get a defensive tackle winning regular season MVP, but I think he should have gotten the uh, the MVP in. The latest one gone by. Um, yeah, look, I suppose for a bit of conjecture, I don't think anyone will ever be ranked as highly as Lawrence Taylor because there's kind of a bit of a folklore in that as well. It's kind of of a time when not everyone had access to the games. It was kind of maybe the launch of Sports Center. So Lawrence Taylor kind of highlights mystique. are kind of what's sticking. Yeah. yeah, there's that bit of fucking minutia, bit of mystique and... I don't think anyone will ever overcome that for that reason. Whereas Aaron Donald, unfortunately, is in, is in an era where every play is scrutinised, analysed and, and overwatched to the extent that it's filling, every game fills a back catalogue of magazine shows like First Take, The Herd, all these throughout the week. But I do think it is probably potentially is one of the most technically gifted defensive players we've ever had. He's one of the most naturally, if he's naturally, maybe he's enhanced, um, but he's got this far without pissing hot, so to say, um, athletes the NFL has ever seen. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, I, I actually think he will in time be mm. matched with with LT. I think he'll be regarded as such. Um, mm. it's, not, it's not even as if he's streaky. Year on year, he's a DPOY candidate. Consistently good. Yeah. I'm mean, like, he's a bit of a jerk. 
nearly took some uh, he was in the joint training practices with the Bengals he was doing his best Miles Garrett impression swinging helmets um, but they're not a good idea no they're not a good idea those giant preseason <laughs> not for some people always rows well there's always reports of a, of a bust up we've seen it one year at Hard Knocks with the Texans and oh I <sighs> I know Hopkins was involved and he roasted your man uh, DeAndre Hopkins was definitely involved Texans and I think it might have been the Giants yeah but you, I think you do see actually yeah, it is also kind of randomly weird I think um, just on the off season gone by or the training camp it was Carolina and the Patriots who had a big beef there were people being mm. tossed or rejected or, mm. or banned from practice it's, yeah. uh, it's there's always every year there's a joint practice and every year there's a lot a of fuss over a joint practice yeah yeah so yeah, look, I suppose it's as competitive as a game, but people are going to lose their jobs. So it's a bit different. But uh, yeah, look, I just think Aaron Donald is, look, we all know how incredible he is, but potentially he's maybe underrated in the folklore of kind of defensive players throughout the NFL history. And I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get I get what you're saying. I think maybe in, you know, five years, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think mm. once... Yeah, he's in the past. Now that he's currently playing, people are reluctant to say, yeah, best player of all time, best defensive player of all time. I think once there's that cushion, that window of time, people are more willing to load. Mm. Fair. Now, Sasquatch, did the Colts just save their season by stealing a win against Kansas? They probably did. They probably, uh, <laughs> uh, what, look, it was a must-win game against Kansas and they pulled it off in, in week three in week three just to keep pace with the Which Jags kind of shows you how hot that seat Frank Reich is on yeah it um, does no look I didn't think it was a, a bit of a wacky game to be fair I don't think it was either side was, was particularly fantastic no um, a couple of good defensive it, breaks for um, mm, Matty Ice in particular the interception at the end for the Colts was it was a bit I don't want to say lucky but it was it's a tough one to deal it with it was luck involved it's, yeah, it's a tough one to deal with when the interception is off a tipped not a tipped but like a bobbled mm. pass they're always kind of tough to deal with as a fan of you know Kansas in this case mm. yeah I also look I suppose I've talked about this several times um, I don't particularly rate the Colts wide receiving core obviously I, I, I do rate Michael Pittman Jr but outside of that I'm, I'm a bit kind of stuck as to what they really are and I think they have a generation talent that running back that they just need to use generation talent is probably a bit of a reach but they definitely have a top two or three running back in the league yeah. and they don't run them until the third or fourth quarter and they run them in third and fourth down and it's just like the complete opposite to what has always worked in the National Football and that's, I suppose, my growing frustrations with the Colts and particularly the Colts under Frank Reich. And they have two good running backs. They still have Naheem uh, Hines. Yeah, they? good third down pass, passing back. So. Yeah, look, they're 
Their O-line, again, is catching a lot of flack. Um, but as you say, they've had a bit of success running Jonathan Taylor in the third and fourth quarters. Just get that, move that forward. And at least the threat mm. is there. You know, you're not scrambling late in the game to get your running game going. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's a really weird division this year. Like nobody thought it was really really strong, but just the Jags, the Jags sort of coming out in the, on top, and I think um, the Colts play Tennessee in Indy this week. Ah, it's a crapshoot. I, <laughs> I think I'd have them placed very close, close by. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, it's obviously it's. You know, I suppose in short, yes, they did save their season. It's it's wild to say that a week three game against definitely not the favorite, but one of the favorites for Super Bowl is a is a must win save your season game. It's a scary place to be, and yeah, again, especially when the this other is all hyperbole to an extent. But we're looking, we're just looking at the current records. Indy needed to keep pace here. But it, it it's it also kind of it's it's strange when you consider it's not as if the Titans went on a hot start. No, in fact they looked also very anemic, um, losing to the Giants and then losing to whoever else they lost to. Um, <laughs> research, um. Yeah. Look, it's I I think well obviously Shaquille Leonard came back for this game. I said last week I did mm. think that they do start to get their season back on track. Now I didn't exactly have them winning this game. I think I told I said to pick the points, but um I think he's a mainstay in the center of their defense. I do think they start to level out a little bit. Um yeah. That's it's a valid point, yeah. Again, look, I don't think they're as good as even they were last year. Even though they upgraded a quarterback, just their O line, unless unless they stabilize, it just seems very yeah. turbulent there. That offense. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Um yeah, look it's something to keep an eye on, I suppose, if we progress. But my final kind of query for you, and we did touch on that at the very start. Mike McDaniel. Coach of the Year candidate, or is that maybe a bit too early? And then the second element of this question is, is that win over the Bills, is it a bigger win in the course of their season than the Ravens come back? Um, coach, of the can, coach of the Year, uh, yeah, I think he has to be up there. I'd probably, the top three, I'd probably have him there, probably with, Doug Peterson maybe Nick Sirianni uh, Jalen Hurts looks yeah. different didn't want, to, didn't want to say it didn't want to say it no but I would probably say at the moment it is now between Mike McDaniel and Doug Peterson and probably giving the edge to Mike McDaniel Tua flashed last year he looks like the complete package this year Um. so yeah yeah, it's 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 hard to sort of segregate and identify his effects on the team. You know whether it the the progress has been mostly Tua 
and how much of it is his, his involvement, but you can't. So you have have to attribute it to him as an offensive coach. Um, he's definitely he's definitely probably in top two with Dougie yeah. Pooey. And is that a big win? Yeah. yeah, that's probably a better win than the the Ravens. It was between the Dolphins and the Bills. I know it was a big come from behind for the Dolphins last week, but we've seen the Ravens' defense is no good. And they've just knocked no good, off yeah. the um, the number one team in the in the in the, in the, the NFL. Um, and yeah. that's after. Um, and including the butt punt. It's, they it's not yeah, they weathered that. the butt punt. Tua got an atrocious knock. Concussion yeah, there. Didn't look good. Now. But he, look, he came back and he won that game. So major props to him. I think that was a more impressive win. Yeah. Um, yeah, fair enough. I can, I can talk the same as well. I kind of just want to gather your, your thoughts. And we'll move on to maybe the biggest slugfest of the weekend. And there's probably not too much to talk about. It's kind of just noting, giving a few notes or sidebars on the two teams. San Fran 49ers versus the Denver Broncos. Jimmy G, Russell Wilson. Not good. To Jimmy G led San Fran to the divisional round in the playoffs last year. The championship game three years ago, I think. Um, he doesn't look like he did. He doesn't look good. And Russell Wilson, I was, I'm giving Russell the benefit of the doubt to acclimate to the new team, the new system, the new head coach. But Jesus, he needs to do it a bit quicker because he's not looking good. Um, no. Obviously, um, the, no, look. Sorry. I was just going to say the defense for the two teams are playing well, particularly Denver. Um, you know, Russell hasn't been playing well but he's been kept in games by the defense. Um, and at least Denver are scraping out the wins. San Fran, not so much. Lost to the Bears and now lost to Denver. They, again, I don't want to say it's it's week three, it's very early, but they're going to have to really do a, have a big turnaround to keep pace with the Rams. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be in agreement. Now, I don't think it was much of an issue now look I'm not going to lie to you I did not stay up late to watch this game I seen the score I thought better of watching smart the man. full highlight package I kind of opted for the YouTube highlights as opposed to the game of 40 um, and I don't know necessarily the talk hasn't been that Hackett was an issue in this one but he has been an issue in the two previous games so I'm not sure it's all on Russ not to be defending Russ but yeah, I think the pressure is starting to mount on Russ in Denver, given how strong that roster is and ultimately what did you move off? No offense, I think is kind of the only real change from that structure. It's a tight end. You've, you've held on to your wide receiving core. You have a, a good running back group as well. Um, but obviously experience Melvin Gordon and Jamal Williams. So, um, yeah, look, Javante Williams. Javante, yeah. It's it's just that Ross hasn't even really flashed. That's the thing. Um, that's even if it, if if you're blaming it all on Hackett, Russ would still show you glimpses. Yes, yeah, exactly. Given his 
you know accomplishments so far he's always been this this uh, quarterback who can extend the play avoid sacks and make things happen and he hasn't done that yet yeah maybe he's missing Ciara yeah I don't... yeah homesick yeah um yeah look the probably two sides that if they don't turn things around quickly they'll be they'll be falling into the meh mix where you kind of miss them you'll see them less often in prime time down the stretch they're probably less likely to be for the Irish viewer they're probably less likely to be featured on Sky Sports the game of the week at 6 so yeah they're in very dangerous of kind of just having meh seasons for me um, yeah. Debo's letting me down a little bit of fantasy as well so yeah yeah that's that's yeah. um that's the five and goal for this week. Goal for this week. Sponsored exclusively by our good pals at USA Sport. So make sure to click the link in the podcast description. Um, yeah, so moving on, I suppose, to this week's game previews. Um, unfortunately for you, to myself first, um, with Thursday Night Football, um, it's, it's kind of a far more interesting game than it would have been maybe five years ago. But it's Dolphins at Bengals. Um, I have the point spread as the Dolphins being three point favorites. Oh, I've got four. Given maybe ben- since he's uh, early season struggles. Wait, you've the Dolphins as favorites. Yeah, I've got, I've got the Bengals as favorites. Minus four on the Bengals. Okay, maybe. Maybe it's my sources. It's how they've written it. Um, I've it's it's minus three anyway. It looks. I, I'm taking my unless mine because I'm surprised. I would have had Miami as the undefeated AFC team looking sharp. I would have had them as the favourites. Is there any? Is there questions over to his health? Uh, yeah. Um. So obviously the back injury and that concussion has been investigated. So that's why I probably may have been. Yeah, that could be a big part of that. They may be um, kind of scoping it. Um, and then particularly with <laughs> his history of injuries at Alabama as well. Bad, yeah, bad hip yeah, and, and, and Hips, back, hips, back. They, it's all they kind of go together. Yeah, yeah. Um, that must be what it is. Like I suppose... I don't want to say this out loud for the Miami faithful, but they're kind of bound to let you down sooner or later, um, even if it's only one game. And this kind of screams to me of kind of a, a bit of a letdown game for the Miami faithful. I think since he might, um, I, I kind of just, I just, it's, it's, it just screams to me classic letdown game for Miami. And I think since he are going to build on last week's victory over the Jets and kind of start now, their season kind of starts now as they build towards kind of, AFC playoff contention. So, for me, the Dolphins at minus three are kind of the stream toward it. And that could widely change if Tua gets the all clear with the back injury. And there's no more from this investigation than for some cushion on the weekend. Yeah. Um, if Tua is playing and the, the, the Dolphins are plus four, I'm taking the plus four all day, every day. But I don't see that. I think that's got... Um, his availability is out baked into it, so I I don't want I don't want to touch this one. Without Tua, I'd give it to Cincy, and with Tua, I think they 
they might get there. I think their pass rush will give the Bengals O-line a bit of a hassle. And Eli Apple's back there. Tyreek's already chatting shit to him. I think um, I think I'd go Dolphins here. Yeah, fair. Moving on to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this game is in London. It is indeed. Yeah, Vikings um, at New Orleans. It's a, it's a home game for New Orleans. Obviously, it's in London. Um, in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The Vikings are two and a half point favourites. Um, to me, that's a little bit light. I would have had maybe a couple of points more. Um, but then again, the Saints' defence has at least looked like a very, very competent defence. Um, and we saw Kirk Cousins frustrated in again, yeah, against a good Philly defense. Now, whether New Orleans can replicate that or whether they might have figured a few things out since then, that was Kirk in prime time. This doesn't really count as prime time, despite having the early uh, time. It's it's two yeah it's it's about what two o'clock kick off I think uh, yeah local times it's about nine thirty a.m. Um, for the American listener, uh, especially on the East Coast, um, yeah, Kirk Kirk wasn't fantastic against the Lions either. I didn't didn't find him like no. That's going to me like first three quarters. He very was going to be phenomenal. Like Kirk Cousins after getting humiliated in prime time at a six o'clock kickoff on Sunday, that to me is like Kirk Cousins easy money. He wasn't fantastic. Um, so maybe there's and then there's also Dalvin Cook was out injured, and they finished the game with uh, Madison, and I don't think. Cook is scheduled to return for this game. I don't think Obviously so because I've got Madison in fantasy and his, his rejected points have skyrocketed up to 13-14. One of the best uh, handcuffs in the game. Uh, yeah. One of the best handcuffs Absolutely. in the game. All reliable. I must have had him a couple of times over the last few years. Uh, yeah, look, I... That being said, I'm, I'm back on Vikings. Yeah. I'm, the Saints, just they just haven't shown anything on offense. Now, look, the Vikings have corners bad enough that maybe Jameis can lob it a deep a few times. But the O-line for the Saints isn't good. And the pass rush with Daniil Hunter and Zad Smith, Zadaria Smith, is, is a good one-two wombo combo. I think the Vikings can get things done there. Fair. Um, yeah, this was next up. Browns-Falcons. So effectively, had the Browns not melted uh, against the Jets in week two, we could be looking at the Browns side to be three zero. Um, in this Deshaun Watson led <laughs> period, which would be so, so, saying something. Um, look, they're gonna head up to Atlanta. They played on Thursday night, so they're gonna have those extra few days, um, rest. I have them as minus two point five point favorites, which is small enough. Um, I've got one and a half points, so a, smaller again. Yeah, um, considering it's Mariota versus Jacoby Brissett, I think it might be a bit of a drab affair. It might be Cordell Patterson versus Nick Chubb. Who do I prefer in that matchup? I prefer Nick Chubb. Back in the Browns, cover the spread. I'd say they'll win by three points in this one. It could be 23-20. It could be 20.17. I don't know, but I think Three three points is kind of the, the victory I've given to the Browns. So it actually backed them to cover the spread, just not by much. Yeah, I 
agree with you. I like the Browns at minus two and a half, so I like them at minus one and a half, which is what I have here. I like Atlanta. I think they're a little bit scrappy. Um, just not scrappy enough. Cleveland is surprisingly stable with Jacoby at the helm there. Again, he's not a magic quarterback. He's just stable, kind of reliable. And with Nick Chubb, that might all might be all you need, particularly with a Mar- Mary Cooper. He's good at getting open, so I would also yeah, take that's a the Browns here. Fair enough. Next game on the slate is Buffalo at Baltimore. Um, let me see. We have I have the Bills as three and a half point favorites. Um, look, it's a tough one to call. The Bills obviously kind of were kind of held in check last week by the Dolphins, who have a decent defense. The Ravens don't have that, but they do have Lamar Jackson, and we went on about his is the contract he deserves. He's playing like a man possessed. They're they're underdogs at home, which I like. I don't know if they will win, but I think I would take them plus three and a half. Uh, I back them to win. I just don't back them to fully cover the spread again. I think it's going to be a three point um, difference. Okay. I think it's a brilliant matchup. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. It's a lot of people would maybe look to Kansas Tampa as the game of the round, but I think this is the game of the round. Uh, now a lot is going to depend on Stefan Diggs health status because I do think he's kind of questionable. Um, but this to me is probably the game of the round. And particularly just with the two all pro safeties of of Buffalo, Mike Hyden, Poyer. Mm. Just probably mm. well, um I think Poyer is out for the season, I think, isn't he? Or is it Mahide? Mm. One of them's out for the season is they're on IOR long long time Iora and the other one is just out for this game so it's a tough one a rough a rough situation in that backfield for Buffalo so I would take Baltimore plus three and a half maybe they win maybe I just don't know yeah Um, but yeah no definitely there's going to be one to if you have an option to have a few screens going yeah that'll be on you want to put a main game on your on one of them um, moving forward uh, NFC matchup Commanders at Cowboys so let's call it Spade of Spade and we'll probably maybe a bit nice talking about them during the earlier on but the Commanders are a bit of a mess uh, I'm not sure Jack Del Rio is probably gonna we'll probably talk too much about Riviera and not enough about Jack Del Rio um, they can't really stop the run or the pass and the Cowboys under Cooper Rush one thing I would say is they're very methodical and undefeated um, and undefeated the running game with maybe more reliance on Pollard versus Zeke also look better to me Jesus um, just stop feeding Zeke and just give it to Pollard He's, he was good yeah and then obviously if Micah Parsons and that Dallas defense yeah yeah, again. Spread I have, I, I've 
I've I've Cowboys is I think I've Cowboys is three point favourites. Yeah. Um Cowboys minus three. Um and I've I've backed him to cover that. I think Michael Parsons and that Dallas defence against Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a win for the for the Cowboys in Dallas. Yeah, I feel the same. I think Micah Parsons will feast. I think Trayvon Diggs will annoy Carson Wentz's deep ball. He doesn't like to check it down. Yeah, Dallas by three. Hmm. Now, a less... Well, I, geez, I nearly said a less sexy game. I just remembered what we were talking about. Uh, Geno Smith at Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Detroit as four and a half point favorites. Detroit enjoying being the uh, the favorites in plenty of their matchups this year. Geno Smith playing with that that hard knocks bo- hard knocks bonus. Yeah, that's all that is. Look, Geno Smith is. Um, I think he's playing above expectations this year. Um, yeah. Now, Detroit have one of the top offenses in the league. They sure they allow a, a lot of points and yards, but um, they can score almost at will, or at least they have until that uh, Minnesota game where they were sort of stymied. I would take Detroit here, and at minus four and a half, I think they can. Overpower Seattle and Gino. Gino. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's not the a only question bet, for me. No, it's the only question for me is that line secondary. It's not the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, no, it I isn't. I don't think. And that's a big man in DK Metcalf, and that would be the only thing for me. They've got a, That's kind of, I suppose. A, a, a Manny Orawarie. Is one of my favorite names, but uh, but that doesn't exactly go towards helping defend against uh, yeah DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that's ah, not a very that's not a very glam matchup. It's as glam as it was once was. Um, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, no, I'm also back in the Lions. I don't know if I back them to cover the spread because it is still the Detroit Lions. But look, um, I'll definitely back them in this one because. Seahawks side it's a little bit fruity but it's uh, hmm. it's. I think the Lions are rightly favourites in this one um, next up the Chargers at Texans the Chargers I have as six point favourites um, they did seem out of sorts last week um, Herbert's obviously he's he's not fully healthy and it's not a nice injury for a quarterback to have um, they're also playing without Keenan Allen who Bowles fans would be delighted to learn is back in practice this week. So he could be a game time decision. Would be a huge gain. They are of course without um, Rayshon Slater, their young and Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa. Two big blows. So look, um and, and, and the Chargers as an organization are no stranger to the kind of injury curse no. as such. So hopefully that's not rearing its ugly head. Again, um, but this game to me just screams of kind of the Chargers just doing their job on the road and maybe increased usage for Austin Eckler. Um, Davis Mills also kind of struggled in recent weeks and 
that the Chargers defense is it's 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 ever improving for me anyway. Um, I think the Chargers, even with an injured Herbert and a potentially not fully fit Keenan Allen, I think they smash the spread. I'm okay. giving them. I think this could be a bit of a blowout. I'm thinking maybe twenty point victory, um, for the Chargers. Yeah, uh, it's a tough one because Houston they never look dangerous, but their defense is okay. That they can always sort of hang around with the team. They're just never in danger of stealing a game. Um, my, it's it's not based on the Houston defense. It's based on Davis Mills is really starting to struggle. Yeah, five is a lot, but I think as well they obviously lost to Jacksonville, and as I said, Jacksonville are top five in offensive and defensive DVOA. They're just a good team. I think this five point spread. I think the Chargers are better than a five point difference uh, than the Texans. So I I would agree with you. I I'm I'm not gonna you know pin my hat to a a blowout, but I do think they cover five points. Uh, Tennessee oh. at Indy. Uh, Indy are three-point home favorites. They both had their first win of the season last week. Of course, yeah. Tennessee are one and two, and Indy are one, one and one. One, one and one. It's a nice ring to that. It is. There is. Um, look, it's. We saw Derrick Henry take over his first game. And we saw Indy, as you said, get lucky to steal that win. I like not only Tennessee to cover the the spread here. I think they'll win the game. I think they've sort of weathered the storm. I like Frank Reich. I think I prefer Mike Vrabel as a coach. I think he's... um, I think he'll get them through this. I think they might have overcome that disastrous start and they might just they middle they might middle out instead of returning to obviously number one seed contention like last year but i think i think they've figured a few things out yeah i'm happy with that um who am i back in first on it's the, i want indy to win because i've got a big futures division winner bet there's about eight legs in it, and in, but India are one of them. It's not looking good. Damn it, the Chargers are causing me the most stress now at the moment. I want India yeah, to win. Everton in me wants... Everton in this makes me want to back Derek. Yeah. But I'm probably going to go... I'm probably going to go with Indy. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, now, look, I'm, I'm sorry in advance to any respective fans of this, but... I think we can guarantee Chicago, New York is probably going to be the ugliest game of the round. Um, it's going to be <laughs> Matt Aberflus and Brian Dayball trying to grind out another win. It's going uh, to be, I think it's going yeah. to be the total is thirty nine points. It's going to be low scoring. The Giants are three point five favorites. It's probably about right, but don't expect those scores to hit the twenties. Um, I. In terms of deciding this, do you do you back Justin Fields and pretty much no one else because David Montgomery probably still going to be out, or do you back Saquon Barkley with 
Daniel Jones, and he's probably going to back Saquon Barkley. So for me, yeah, Giants. Don't know if they'll cover that three and a half point spread. I think maybe a three point victory. Uh, so if you can get it at three points, take it. But uh, three and a half points is just it's it's going to be. Yeah, brutal. yeah, like three points. Three and a half points. Three of those points are probably the whole fi- home field advantage. Three is the sort of the, the the standard spread. So like really the the books think that these teams are more or less two equally ugly Equal. teams. I'm I would lean towards that spread, but I'm uh, I wouldn't even I'm not even making a, a decision bet. on that one. I'd lean towards the spread. If you want, if you want to make a if you want to put a bet, my bet would be this side this game would only feature on red zone because the sides are in the red zone. There's my bet. Field goal heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah, maybe take a look at yeah. the total field goals in this game. Uh, the next game, Jaguars at Philly. The Doug Peterson comes to town. Look, I've I've mentioned twice about the Jaguars' uh, proficiency on both sides of the ball. Um, I said they were the only team in the top five in both offense and defense. Philly are fourth in offense and sixth in defense. So they just fall outside those criteria. Two really good teams. Two good coaches. Um, Josh Allen on the Jags is playing out of his mind. We saw the D-line show up last week for Philly when I said that was one of the things I wanted to see. It's a tough game. It's going to be a close game. I don't know how... I've got uh, the Eagles as six and a half point favourites. I'm taking Jacksonville plus six and a half. Um, if I wanted, I'm the opposite. Hmm. I'm the opposite. You're the opposite. Um. Yeah, I'm ready to hurt. I'm going Eagles and the cover spread. Wow, I think you're crazy. I actually regret not teasing that. Um, it's six and a half. I'd probably have teased it up to maybe seven and a half at least and put it in the safe. I didn't, but whoa. We'll have to. This will be a talking point next week. Our yeah. division. One on of this. us will have egg on the face, but one of us will not have that loyalty question. Are <laughs> <laughs> nah, we joking? No, nah, we joking. Um, I suppose, yeah. Look, I'm backing them until they let me down. Um, I suppose Jets Steelers Steelers open up a triple five point favorites. Unfortunately, maybe for Steelers fans, they won't get one more shot at um, Joe Flacco, as I think Zach Wilson is is due to make his yeah. his lengthy return for for New York. Steelers are going to obviously stick with Mitch Trubisky. I know I kind of discussed him in the off season, but let's just let that let that bite bad take slide. Um, but look, the 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 growing kind of noise in the media outlets in Pittsburgh is to maybe give Kenny Pickett a shot. Um, for obvious reasons, he went to college there as well, so it's obvious bias is why he's been pushed. Um, but yeah, look, I just think Steelers are without TJ Watt. I think they're going to keep it nice and simple. They're going to stick to a running game, try and avoid an upset at home, and I will back them to cover that spread, um, but not by much more. So, yeah. Um. But, 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 uh, what did you say the spread was? Three and a half? Three and a half points in favour of the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. Just Zach Wilson wasn't great last year. He's gonna he'll probably come back with a bit of rust on him. Yeah, I'd take the Steelers here. Um cool. Arizona 
at Carolina, or I should say Kyler Murray versus the Carolina defense because that's they're the only two units on either team that show up. Um, Look, this is also a matchup of two former Heisman Trophy winners. Kyler versus Baker. Two former Oklahoma heads as well. Yeah. Look, a lot of talking points here. You're skimming over. Some respect in those Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that. you've got... Um, what's the, the the head coach for Arizona? I always forget. Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury Cliff versus Kingsbury. Matt Rule too. Well, I was going to say questionable coaches. Matt Rule isn't anything, anything close to questionable. He's just bad. Um, look, there's not much more to the Arizona offense than Kyler. You heard him berating his receivers last week that they were dropping and not making plays. Um, I raved in the previews about the Panthers. I said on paper they have a fab team. On both sides of the ball, just Baker is playing like just terrible, terrible football. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with the the Panthers are two point favorites. I think I would take them. Oh, I know they're gonna burn me here. I'm gonna take the Panthers as two point favorites, just thinking they can at least just corral. Um. Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'll, I'll back you. I'll back you. I'll go with that. Yeah, that. Ah, um, thanks. I have a, a little bit of a bias towards the Panthers. Um, moving on, um, I suppose a matchup that 10 years ago would have been an incredible uh, fixture. Um, Packers, 10.5 favourites over the Patriots. Obviously, that's fueled largely by a number of things. One, obviously, Mac Jones is out and the Pats will be relying on Brian Hoyer. Um, yeah. not good um, it's in Lambeau and then obviously look, we know the Packers were bad in week one but that's kind of become a bit of a, a tradition yeah. in recent years yeah. so I think a lot of people are, uh, are kind of going to bet heavy on the Packers in this one and then obviously he overcame Tom as well so look I back him to cover the spread and I wouldn't be shocked if this one got ugly because that, pant- that uh, Patriots defence it's, it's shocking for Bill Belichick's side, to be fair. Um, maybe his days are numbered. <laughs> He's never going to make it in this league. May, well, look, he hasn't made it under Brady, so maybe questions he can be asked. Mm. Um, are you working with a 10.5 point spread here? That's so... That's so... Yeah. It's pure Mac Jones. Yeah, I know. Brent, Brian Hoyer, like... We know what he is. Yeah, I think... And look, the Packers' defense does look legit as well. I've got them in fantasy. I'm happy I do. Ten and a half points. It's such a wide spread. I think I would take it. But Lambo factor. The total The total for this game is 40. So that the books think it's going to be 30, 10. Or, no, they think it's going to be... What is that? Uh, 25, 15? Somewhere in around there. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I take the Packers. Yeah, why not? Yeah, look at Aaron Rodgers, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Let's make it nice and simple. Yeah. Uh, um, you're back in the pack. Russell Wilson and his Broncos country. Um, at Las Vegas. 
Las Vegas 0-3. A playoff team last year, winless through week three. Um, the Raiders are two and a half point favorites. Desperate, probably. Desperate, absolutely. Mm. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't like betting on Denver teams or on, on Denver games, and I don't like betting on Las Vegas games. This year, of course, Las Vegas, you saw versus Arizona, they're liable to give up any lead. And you might say, like him or, or love him or hate him, Kyler Murray is he's a dynamic player. He is going against Russell Wilson, and I know we said he struggled, but the you know the the past is there, mm. the, the the history. I don't know. Raiders two and a half. I think they'll be desperate for a win, and I think they'll get it here. Yeah, I tend to agree. At home as well. At home. Um, yeah, I'm gonna back them too. Um, my final one for the week, obviously, this is Sunday night football. Um, yeah, it is. Um, the the world tour continues for our Tom. Um, so fresh off facing Brady this week, he faces a probably slightly wounded lion or animal in Paddy Mahomes this week. Um, obviously he's the courtesy of having him at home, but uh, yeah. Tough one to back. Uh, the Chiefs are 2.5 favourites. 2.5 point favourites. Obviously, a lot of that is probably still influenced by Super Bowl 55. That Todd Bowles-led defence really, really, really gave Patrick Mahomes probably the worst night of his life. Um, ah, I have this as the upset of the week. I have the Bucks turning them over. Um, I say upset of the week. They're only two point five yeah, favorites. It's, I favorites. suppose it's it's more to do with the grandeur of the matchup. Mm. Um, yeah, I would. I'd agree with you. I like Tampa as home dogs, but I would not bet against the spread. Is in I wouldn't back Tampa at plus two point five. I think it's like a one point victory. Okay, so you're taking. Yeah. I think it's. I'm thinking just a Bucks win. Um, yeah, I just, I just have. What's stuck in my mind is is, and I know it was against James. I know it was against James. Mm. But that Bucks defense against the Saints, yeah, it just it's 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 kind of etched in my head at present. Um, so yeah, I'm Bucks as much as it pains me to say, winners by about a point, two points. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs win this one either. Great game. Great game. And the last game of the week, the Rams at San Fran. Going to keep this one short. I know we're, we're going on a bit here. I think the Rams will cover a, the, the 49ers are two and a half point favorites. How and why? I don't know. I'm taking the Rams here plus 2.5. It's in I San Fran, confusion. but Jesus, fuck me. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I can't am confusion. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. No, I'm, I'm with your Rams on this one. And Trent um, Williams is out. Like, he's gonna miss time. And the Rams have, the Rams have looked progressively better. So Super Bowl hangover maybe. Um, but yeah, no. And uh, yeah. I just don't see what the 49ers are gonna provide offensively. 
That's my big thing. So yeah, no, I'm back in the 40 at the Rams. Yep. On that one. Yes, that's the week four previews. If you've stuck with it this long, let's try and win you some money. Next up, it's punter on the field. Yeah, I suppose maybe just a, a recap. We're probably going to move this mostly to the um, the social media posts and we'll do a quick wrap or a quick um, recap on the pod. Week one, neither of the bets hit, but two of the three selections on each of them did. Last week, the safe bet won and the quad money ACA didn't because San Fran couldn't score points score. against uh, Denver. Um, so... We're going to look at this week's bet. Again, the safest houses Aka. I've got the Rams to win. Tease that point spread up to 7.5. Tennessee uh, tease their point spread up to 7.5. And, and then Detroit to win. Uh, the way we're going to work this safest houses Aka is hopefully we're going to use last... Well, we're going to use last week's return. Um, They've already spent it, mate. They've already spent it. You've, you've got to show a bit of restraint here. We're going to use last week's return as the stake this week. So we're going to bet last week's 31 euro and 30, 25. And that should return us just short of 80. And then the quad moniaca. Um, the Giants to win versus the Bears. Oh, I know. Shivers. Ugly, but uh, got to take some risks. Um, Arizona to win. Um who were they playing again? I did all my they, research. I just uh, need to refresh my mind. The Panthers. Yeah. The, they're playing the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. that's away. That's certainly reasonable. So Giants to win, Arizona to win, and then the Saints tease that spread up to five and a half. The D, their defense might keep it close, and that point spread will get you over the hump. So you bet 10 there, you'll return 50. So we'll do a recap of that next week, and I'll tell you how you did if you didn't bet it you should but I'm not uh, I'm not an expert Hopefully. not a professional don't uh, don't come after me <laughs> thank god for the earliest um, yeah look I suppose hopefully you've enjoyed tuning in and uh, make sure to give a, a like comment subscribe wherever you find this podcast also give us a shout out on the social media outlets so obviously on Instagram midseason slump you'll find all the podcast productions there and then if you want to even maybe hit me up on Twitter Sasquatch Scoop I'm not going to say it's worth your while but Look, engage. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all from me. That's all from me. Have a good week four. Thank you and good night. exactly right. I mean, get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.